All right, Jabosai, good morning. Let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our sponsor, Atama Torah sponsors, for the month, for the month of Av, Max and Brenda Lapkowski in honor of Yitzchak Mayer's upcoming bar mitzvah, and Riva Mitzner in commemoration of the first yard site of her father, Larry Schenk, Aryeh Ben Chaim Zichron Livracha. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Mark and Sarah Meisler, for the yard site of Mark's grandmother, and Altman, Hannah Devora Bas Yehuda, and Bill and Razi Eskin, Lezecha Nishmas, Bill's father, Mordechai Ben David, on the 7th of Av, and Lezecha Nishmas, Razi's mother, Tzivya Bas Moshe Aaron on the 8th of Av. We also thank our Dafyomi sponsor for today, Greg Levitan, the beautiful sponsor, for the Hakaras Atov, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and all of the women who give us the opportunity to learn the Daf each and every day. Beautiful. Although it sounds like maybe someone's in trouble. Maybe someone's in trouble. You know, that this is... Uh... Hey, I do say we... Thank you. The truth is, it's so important to be Makir Tov to those who go ahead and facilitate our learning each and every day, especially, again, the wives who give us the time to do so. Very beautiful. Once we open in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nishama should have an aliyah, the family Zayn Nechama, and the merit Hashem, we should truly be makir tov to all those who help us grow in our learning, facilitate our Yerash Shamaim and our Ruchmiya. So with that, let us begin. We have an incredible daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is daf Dalit, and we picked up, we got where we say we left off, Mamish on the bottom of Gimel Amud Beis, right at the two dots, right at the two dots, and the Gemara says as follows: Haisa We'll say interesting case. We're still focused, hyper focused on the sukkah that's lamalame esrim amas, sukkah that's higher than twenty amas. So now remember again, I have a sukkah that's higher than twenty, 20 amas. We are, we, 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 although we have not stated it explicitly. The Gemara is assuming that we are paskening like the Tanakhama and not like Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, again, a sukkah that is taller than 20 amas is going to be possible. The Shaili now we're going to deal with is, is there some way for me to go ahead and remedy that sukkah and somehow go ahead and make it kosher? To which the Gemara says, let's say I do the following. So I have a sukkah that's taller than 20 amas, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill the interior of the sukkah with karim and kistos. Karim and kistos literally are pillows and cushions. Pillows and cushions. So what am I doing essentially? I am elevating the ground level of the sukkah. So now in fact, because remember again, when we speak about a sukkah that's lamala me'esrim amma being pasal, that's talking about the interior space. That the wall from the ground ultimately to the top of the wall is more than 20 amas. If you raise the ground level, then bepashtus, that is able to go ahead and kasher the sukkah. Because remember again, we don't care about the height of the wall from the outside. We only care about the height of the wall of the interior. So if I effectively build up the ground level by putting in their pillows and cushions, it sounds like a good idea. Except the Gemara says, lo it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now, why not? Take a look at the last Rashi and Adaf, Lo She'ein mamono. Because they're both saying, people aren't going to leave pillows and cushions outdoors in the sukkah for the entire Yom Div. Why? Because it's going to get ruined. It's going to get ruined. And because it represents such a hefzid mamono, because it represents such a monetary loss, we'll say, here's what's interesting. The Gemara is suggesting is as follows that in order for something to go ahead and be considered to build up the ground level of the interior of the sukkah, it has to be bottled to the sukkah. It has to be something that you're going to leave there. But if it's something that you're not going to leave there indefinitely, and by indefinitely I mean, how long? Seven days. Just sukkah is all we care about, seven days. Then it's not bottled to the ground of the sukkah. If it's not bottled to the ground of the sukkah, then it cannot count to elevate the floors, the, the, we'll call it the floor area of the sukkah itself. Now here's what's interesting, top of Dalit. And we'll say, let's say a person says, no, you know what? I'm going to leave the pillows and the cushions in the sukkah for all seven days. I say it. I'm going to go ahead and leave it there. I, maybe I would say that would work. Still, it doesn't work. Why? Because at the end of the Rebosai, there's a, we've seen this concept many times throughout Shas, which is, which is that we are governed by normative behavior. And even if you want to engage in non-normative behavior, your behavior does not become halachically significant. Instead, what we look at, the parameters of normative behavior are defined by what, by what quote-unquote, the majority of regular people do. So regular people are not going to leave their pillows and cushions in, well, so remember again, you know, 
We're used to the notion of outdoor furniture. Right? So remember again, once upon a time, no such thing as outdoor furniture. There was furniture, right? You, you had stuff you put in your house, and if you left it outside and exposed it to the elements, it would get ruined. So the notion of leaving pillows and cushions outdoors for seven days, besides the fact, by the way, that you're trampling on them, people didn't do that. People just would not do that. Therefore, even if you want to say you're going to do it, but la daito itzel kal adam. Sefer Bosei number one is that if you want to effectively minimize the height of the walls by building up the floor level with pillows and cushions, it doesn't work. And even if you explicitly say your intention is to leave it there all seven days, still doesn't work. Why? There's an interesting like hashkafic piece of this as well. They will say, sometimes, sometimes when a person is, find themselves in their hashkafas or their outlooks, and they're totally divorced from everyone else. You know, sometimes a person has to ask themselves, is it the pshat that I'm right and everyone else is wrong? Or is it the pshat that if everyone else says something is a different way, and I say it's this way, I'm wrong. Because butla daito it's a kaladam. Now remember again, we find instances where the world is wrong and the yachid is right, right? Who's the paradigmatic example of that? Avram is called Avram Ivri, right? It's called Ivri because literally he was on the other side of the river than everyone else. The whole world was on the other side of the theological river. Avram was on the other side and the, wrong was, the, the world was wrong and Avram was right. But the truth is, how many Avram Avinus have there been throughout the generations? Right? Not many, not many. There, there were some, there are times, but it's very important that in life sometimes, you know, if everyone else says A and you say B, you're probably not smarter than everyone else. Probably. And a person has to be aware of that. This happens all the time where people kind of dig in, you know, with their shitas and mahalchim and hashkafas. And I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. You have to, again, sometimes you are. I, I want to point out sometimes the yachid is right and the rabbim are wrong. But sometimes it's batla daito itzel kaladam. And a person has to be humble enough to say, that if everyone else, and when I mean everyone, I don't mean the outside world necessarily. I mean everyone who I surround myself with, my friends, my family, my chaverim, my teachers. If everyone else is saying that it's wrong and I'm saying it's right, I, I might have to, I might have to adopt the concept of batla daito eitzel kaladam. Again, an incredibly difficult balance in life. The Yomar goes like, shekein. I'm sorry. Tevenu uh, bitlo. Listen to this case. What happens if you built up the floor level with straw? With straw. So you put straw in the sukkah. Again, we'll say it's all the same thing. I'm trying to elevate the ground level in order to go ahead and minimize the height of the walls. So let's say I put straw in there. Ubitlo. Now we'll say bitlo means what? Bitlo means, Rashi says, bifiv l'shiva. I literally say, I explicitly say, I'm not removing this straw from the sukkah for seven days. I'm leaving it here. I, I, I articulate that. So, of course, Tavano Bitlo, Havimir. I will say that works. That actually works. The Choshikin Afro Bitlo. All the more so if you put dirt inside of the sukkah. I will say that's actually the easiest case, right? You put dirt onto the ground of the sukkah and build up the ground level, thereby minimizing the interior height of the walls. Certainly, again, that works to make the sukkah kosher. So the Gemara says, what about Teven? We'll say, what if you go out and you put, you put straw in there? And we'll say, means, look at Rashi, second line from the top. We'll say, what happens if you put straw into the ground of the sukkah and you have no foreseeable intention of moving it for the next seven days, but yet you didn't say anything. But yet you didn't say anything. Yet you, did, you didn't articulate. You didn't explicitly articulate your intention to leave the straw there all seven days. Or of offer stam. Both said the case of offer stam is where you just put dirt inside of the sukkah and your intentions are totally unknown. Whether it's to leave it there or not leave it there. What's taloch in those cases? Machlokis Rabbi Yossi This is Machlokis Rabbi Yossi How so? Here we go. So the Gemara says, This nan, If you fill a home, with straw or with gravel. Throws are pebbles or gravel. They will say, now why are you filling your home with throws? See, remember again, this is, we've seen this case before. This is a case. And I will say, you know what the beauty of the daf is? E- even if a person doesn't go ahead and remember every single detail, 
Isn't it beautiful that when you see something, you know, you, you ever meet someone and you say to yourself, I know who that person is, I just don't know their name. It happens to me every Shabbos. But, but again, right? but, but again I, I know who that is, but I don't know their name. But, you know, but there's a feeling of connection when you recognize someone, even if you don't know their name. You know, when you, come, when you go through Shabbos and you see, you see a case in the Gemara, and you're like, I know I learned it, I don't remember it, but I know that I learned it. There's a certain feeling of connection that's so beautiful. And the ability to connect with Shas, even if you can't remember all the details, when I say you, I mean all of us, can't remember all of the details, there's something so beautiful, like Shas has become my friend. I don't remember your name, I don't remember your name, but, I, but it's so nice to see you. Okay, maybe you'll tell me your name again for the 15th time. Right? So maybe we'll explain the case for the 15th time again, but there's a certain level of camaraderie that we establish with Shas, which is so beautiful. The case over here is the case of Tumantara. We'll say the halachas of Tumantara is as follows. Imagine you have a corpse, a corpse in a home. Now the halacha normally is Tuma Ola Ubokas. Tuma ascends upward. Now, the exception to that rule is as follows. If there is a tefach of space between the corpse and the roof, when I say a tefach, at least a tefach of space between the corpse and the roof, then the corpse tuma is contained within the structure. Tuma does not go out. However, if there's no, if there's no tefach of space, meaning less than a tefach of space, then ultimately, again, tuma olo bakas. So the case in question over here is you have a corpse in the home and the home is filled with whatever it is, the Gemara is over in this case is Tevin Otsuro, straw, straw or pebbles. In which case, we're both saying, therefore, there's no tafach of space between the corpse and the roof. Now, we'll say what the Gemara is going to explain, what the Mishnah is going to explain, is the, that Tevin Now, if there's no tafach, then what? Then unfortunately, the tumor goes all the way up, it extends past the roof. So the Gemara says it depends. If you went ahead and was, you were mevatal, the tevan ros, which means your intention, right? You were mevatal, which means you said, you're not taking it out. Okay, if you're not taking it out, then what? Then it becomes part of the home. If it becomes part of the home, there is no tevach of space between the corpse and the roof, and therefore the tumma will, will, will go ahead and go straight up past the roof as well. The Gemara notes, bitlo in, lo bitlo lo. Interestingly enough, the only way that dirt, in this case, tsroros, and tevin and straw become part of the structure is if you explicitly are mevatal it. So the Gemara Tani Allah, we learned, Rabbi Yossi Omer, tevin ve'in asilifnoso harehu ka'afrastam. Yet Rabbi Yossi held that what? If you have straw and your intention is not to remove the straw, in other words, you didn't explicitly articulate your intention to leave it there. But we know circumstantially that your intention is not to remove it. It's like regular dirt, bottle, and therefore it is bottle to the structure. But if you have dirt, but your intention is to remove it, ultimately, again, it is like regular straw, and therefore it is not bottle. Good, so, we'll say, so let's, let's, let's analyze this case for just a bit. So the Gemara just brought in the fact that this notion of using straw or dirt to go ahead and alter the halachic parameters of a structure is not unique to sukkah. We find it by Tumantara as well. But let's go back to sukkah for just a moment. So here's what we know. Can I go ahead and minimize this, the height of the walls with, with pillows and cushions? No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And even if you say explicitly, I'm going to leave it here, it still doesn't work. How do I deal with dirt and with straw? So we'll say, listen to this. So the Shulchan Arach Paskins, interesting halacha. This is in Sivin Tafresh Lamed Gimel, Siv Dalid. Miata Biteven Ubitlo. If you put straw inside on the floor of the sukkah. So remember again, I both said, this is my sukkah, that's the Malame Asrimama. I want to make the sukkah kosher by minimizing the height of the walls. So I'm going to build up the floor. What do I do? I put in a layer of straw. I put in a, whatever it is, I put in a two amas of straw, right? Two amas of straw. Now I have walls that are only 18 amas high. Totally fine. What's the halacha? And you're mevatal the straw, which means you're mevatal the straw means you say, you articulate, I'm not taking it out of the sukkah. It works. Certainly this works with dirt as well. Listen to what he writes. Avastam eno miut afilu ba'afar ad batlenu bepeh. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that you could use straw and you can use dirt in order to go to make the sukkah kasha by elevating the floor level, 
but you must explicitly be mevatel the dirt or the straw. In other words, that we don't rely on what we could glean as your, 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 uh, your, I'll call it your circumstantial intentions. It could work, but in order for it to work, you have to say it. Ashivat lana The Mishnah Bura has a whole discussion over here where he says that some say bittel balev is sagi. Some say that going ahead and being bevatlan in your heart is enough. But lamaisa the psak of the shulchan aruch is you could use straw, you could use dirt to go ahead and build up the floor level. But ashivat lana you have to go ahead and explicitly articulate. I will say it's interesting, by the way, a little linkage between between Sukkah and Yuma. Because remember, again, in Yuma, we also discussed that the mitzvah of tshuva, the Ramam discussed the little tshuva as well, the mitzvah of tshuva manifests itself primarily in vidui. And how does one accomplish the mitzvah of vidui? Right? Again, bepeh. Vidui is only bepeh. Vidui believe is not vidui. Because the common denominator is that in order to make something a reality, you have to say it. You have to say it. And it's true on so many levels, right? By vidui, in order to truly begin the process of tshuva, what's the first step of tshuva? What's the first step? Is hakara sachet, acknowledgement of sin. And the only time I truly acknowledge I sin is when? Is when? When I say it. When, when I say it. When I actually say, I sinned. And by the way, not I sinned. It's I, whatever the particular avera is. And when I explicitly articulate what I've done wrong, that is the beginning of the process of tshuva. Words create reality. Well, so we spoke about this in Yuma, but it bears repetition. It, this is not just true in tshuva. It's true in general, like in, in life relationships, how important it is to express to our loved ones how we feel about them. Right? So many times, a husband assumes, my wife knows that I love her. She knows I what I have to tell her. Of course she knows I love her. Look, look, look how hard I work. Look at everything I do. My kids know that I love them. Look how much I go out of my way for them. I will say, it's only real if you articulate it. If you don't articulate no one knows what's happening in your head. And even if you think people know how you feel about them, so much, so much hurt and so much pain is caused because people just don't tell others how they feel. Leaving people to wonder, does my husband love me? Does my father love me? Does my child care about me? Does my parent care? All these things, why? Why you don't need to do it? All you need to do is articulate a papa. Once you articulate a papa, everything becomes a reality. Chuba becomes a reality. Love becomes a reality. And Akasha Sukkah becomes a reality as well. How much you could accomplish when you're willing to actually articulate the things that you know to be true in your heart. Incredible. Right, right, right. Let's go. Still more cases. You have a sukkah that's the Malami Asrim. Yardin Listen to this interesting case. And now what do I have? I have branches of schach that extend into the sukkah itself. Right? So in this case over here, if you can imagine, so you have a sukkah the Malami Asrim, but there's schach that's hanging down into the airspace, right, in, into the 20 Amas. So what's the halacha? This is very interesting. If the schach that hangs down provides more shade than sun, then the sukkah is kasher. Then the sukkah is kasher. Now we'll say, what does that mean, the sukkah is kasher? What does that mean? Because effectively, what you have is schach, with kasher schach, within the 20 amas, which effectively then lowers the dimensions of the walls. Interesting case. Ve'imlav, but again, if the schach that hangs down allows for more sun than shade, it's not effective schach, and therefore halacha l'maysa, the sukkah will be possible. Similarly, ha'isa gava yutvachim. But say now we're switching gears. A minimum size sukkah. Let's say you have a sukkah ultimately, again, of only 10 tvachim, which is the minimum shear, the minimum height of a sukkah. V'hutzin yardon l'soch yod. And you have some schach that hangs in to the 10 tvachim. Savar abayi l'meymar. Abayi s'rash. I say the same thing. Im chamasa mirov metzilasim k'shera. As long as the schach that hangs down into the interior of the 10 tvachim allows for more sun than shade. We'll say if it allows for more sun than shade, then what is it? Then what is it? Basel, it's nothing. It's nothing. So essentially, if the schach that hangs into the tent falchim is insignificant, then the sukkah is kasher. And the Gemara says, 
I'm only Rabba, Rabba said, no, that's not true. If you have a sukkah that has a minimum dimensions of 10 tefachim, and there is schach that hangs into the 10 tefachim, the sukkah is possible. Why is the sukkah possible? I'm only Rabba, ha dira sruchahi. We will see this phrase, Marzegonam Sech, sukkah. Dira sruchahim literally means a putrid domicile, which means really an unfit domicile. 10 tefachim is the minimum amount of space, the minimum height. And if you have anything that hangs in or interferes in the airspace, of that ten tefachim, you've simply compromised the integrity of that domicile. That is called a dira surucha, an unfit domicile, and therefore again, the ein adam dar bedira surucha, and a person ultimately again cannot live in a compromised domicile. So we'll say interesting halacha. So again, if you have a sechelat samalam esrim and you have schach that hangs in, that right, that hangs down, hangs down within the twenty, inside of the twenty. And that schach is kosher schach, meaning that that schach by itself provides more shade than sun. The sukkah is effectively kosher. But if you have a sukkah that is exactly ten tefachim, and any amount of schach, even if it's unfit schach, that hangs into the ten, the sukkah is invalid because it becomes a dira srucha. But also, I just want to point out, just jumping back to the previous case, I should have mentioned one thing. You know, in the case where you're building up the floor level of the sukkah, sukkah l'malamei ashrim, and you're building up the floor level with dirt, and when we say if you build it up, it works, I just want to point out, when we say it works, it's true, it takes care of the walls, but remember, any time you take an invalid sukkah with the schach on it, and then you make it kosher by doing something awesome, other tikkun, it poses a problem with the schach. We're, that's not our sugya right now, but I just want to point out like, effect, so just to tell you very quickly, so for example, in that case, let's say the sugya that's the malame esrimamo, right? And you go at no problem, you put on two amis of dirt, of dirt, and you're mevatel et bepeh, hinani muchon muzuman levatel afra zulekayim mitzvah saseishal sukkah, you make a new floor, perfect, sukkah's fine. Except now, what do you have to do? We know you have to go back and readjust the schach, right? You have to lift up the schach again. Again, the Gemara is not dealing with that now because that's not our topic. I just want to point out that in these cases, the fix is not as simple as just elevating the floor level. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Next case. Some great cases here. Listen to this situation. You have a sukkah that's more than 20 amas high, all right? Itzdaba is a platform. So you build, I will say, actually, all, I think all of us have these pictures in the Gemara, right? You see the pictures there, right? You build a platform, right? So in the pictures you see in the Gemara, that shaded area is a platform, right? Everybody has it? Yeah, I think it's part of it. I think it's... The shaded part is the platform. No, no, no. The shaded part is the platform. So I say, So you go ahead and you go ahead and you build an itztava. You build a platform. So the shaded part in the picture is the platform. So what happens? So listen to this. If you look at the picture, you're building a platform. Case number one is you're building a platform. And if you notice, the platform is against three walls of the sukkah. Now obviously, What's the point of the platform? So very simple. I have a circle that's the Malam Esra. I have a circle that's 21 Amas tall. 21 Amas tall. The platform, let's say, is two Amas in height. Right? So I build a floor level. I build a platform two Amas in height. So when I stand on the platform, the sukkah is what? Only 19 Amas in height. Wonderful. So what's the halacha? Apanikula. Now the platform itself must have the minimum dimensions of a kasher sukkah. But say yesterday's daf, what's the minimum dimensions of a kasher sukkah? It's right, rosho, rubo, shulchano, which we define as, like beishamai, which we define as, seven to excellent, seven tefachim by seven tefachim. So as long as that itztaba has, right, the minimum, so the itztaba, he's hitting all three walls, hitting all three walls, has the minimum dimensions of a sukkah, veishba hechsher sukkah, veishba hechsher sukkah, kshera, Ultimately, again, the itztava makes the sukkah kosher. Now, Bosin, I want to share with you something absolutely amazing. Take a look at Rashi Kshera. Now, Rashi Kshera is in the, in the intermediate wide lines, two, four, five lines in Kshera. Bosin, Rashi says something dramatically amazing. Now, Bosin, now when you're looking at this Gemara, before we look at Rashi, don't look, don't look. Right? Say, so again, when you're looking at, before you look at Rashi, when we say Kshera, what would you assume Kshera means? What's fit? Which part of the sukkah? The platform. 
the platform. The pashtus was right. The plat. You would just. I would assume that the platform is kosher. What the Gemara is essentially saying is you're pretty much making a kosher sukkah within a larger non-kosher sukkah, right? So my platform area is kosher. Rashi says no. Kshera is kol hasukkah. I will say this is actually incredible. This is not our sugi now. We're going to come to this later on, so we're not really going to delve into this too much. Rashi says kol hasukkah sheish lagim defanos v'hai hechsher sukkah afilam and it's the ba the halo. We'll say so again. This is not our sugi now. We're going to see this a little bit later on on Daf Yotes. But just point out to the Rashi understand the way not everybody understands this. Okay, this way Rashi understands that the presence of the itzdeva, the presence of the itzdeva, the presence of the platform, actually makes the entire sukkah kosher. The entire sukkah kosher. Okay, so we'll say back to the Gemara again. We're not going to get into the mechanics of that now because that's not our sugya. However, what about the following case? Uminat sad. We'll say case the itzdeva number two. What happens if so? We'll say case number one is you're building the itzdeva. The first picture on the daf shows you're building the itzdeva against all three walls, right? So we'll say the the itzdeva, the the length of the itzdeva is situated against we'll call it the back wall, and its sides hit the two side walls. What about the following case? Minatzad. We'll say what happens if you only go ahead and build the itzdeva against two walls, right? That's that's the second picture there. We'll say, watch this. If between the itztaba and the third wall, if between the edge of the itztaba and the third wall, there is there is more than Dalaramas, or there's Dalaramas or more, the sukkah is possible. However, if from the edge of the sukkah to the third wall is less than Dalaramas, Kshera. Ultimately, again, the sukkah is kosher. I will say, what is happening over here? Look at Rashi. Now we're in the widest lines. I will say, this is very, very, very exciting. Second wide line in Rashi. Let's listen to this. We are being introduced to something very exciting. The halacha l'moshe misinai of dofen akuma. Dofen akuma means a bent wall. A bent wall means as follows. That halacha l'maisa, there is a concept that says that if you have a sukkah, now if actually let's look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Sukkah ayidi akimas dofen ad arba amos chaser mashu, veroas chacha elyonam mechubra ladofen, haroi kilu hua dofen atzmo va'akumakin. Let's listen to this. The halacha is as follows. Dofen akuma says that you could view the first four amos of schach that is adjacent to the wall as an extension of the wall as well. Now, let, let's illustrate this in this case over here. So imagine, look, looking at picture number two, you have an itztaba against two walls. Now, what's the problem, right? For, in order to make a kosher sukkah, what do I need? Three walls. So now, problem is, how do I bridge that itztaba to wall number three? So the Gemara says, well, it depends. How far is the itztaba from wall number three? If the itztaba is less than Dalaramas, then I will say, effectively, what we view is the wall and the schach between the wall and the itztaba as one prolonged wall. One prolonged wall. And if that's the case, then effectively, wall number three reaches the edge of the itztaba, making the sukkah kosher. That is a halacha Moshe misinai of dofen akuma. Of dofen akuma. Ultimately, again, but it only works, I want to tell you something. Do you know, I, I get this sukkah shayla every year. And it happens, interestingly enough, if you build your sukkah, I'll tell you where Dofen Agoma comes up all the time. If you build your sukkah next to your home, so I'm, literally, this just happened. I mean, not, not this year, but last year. If you build your sukkah next to a home, so imagine for a moment, you're building your sukkah next to a home. To illustrate this, let's make it easy. Let's say you have a one-story structure, one-story structure, right? or, or, a very low, or a very low roof line. So I want to use one of the walls of my home as the, as the, as the wall for the sukkah but I have a low-hanging roof to the point that my roof hangs over my schach. So I will say, you know how like roofs, there's a technical term for it, you know how like the roof slopes and then there's like an area underneath the roof, all right? You know what I'm talking about? Like there's, what is it? Overhang. 
Eats. Good. The part of the hang, part of the roof that overhangs the roof, right? So I'll say, so interestingly enough, the shaila is, that's actually going to be in my sukkah. That's going to be in my sukkah. So now I have the overhang of my roof in the sukkah, but I, I need the wall. I need the wall. I don't want the overhang. So I will say, what's the halacha? If as long as that overhang is less than Dalit Amas, essentially we view it as a bent wall and it does not invalidate the sukkah. It's my simbechal yomtiv. That is, I, I, I can't, it's interesting. Again, I don't, I think most times people's roofs, you know, if you have a two story home, so your roof is higher. It doesn't really matter all that much. But Lamaisa, if you're using a wall of your home with a low hanging roof, again, it happens all the time. That's Dolphin Akuma. So Dolphin Akuma says that as long as that overhang is less than Dalit Amis, we essentially view it as a bent roof and it is not a problem. Again, back to the Itztaba case. So Pachos, so the Gemara says, Pachos me Arba Amos Kshira. So we'll say, my Kamash Malon, Darmina Dolphin Akuma. So what are you coming to teach me? That we say Dolphin Akuma. We already learned that. Tanina. Here's the paradigmatic case of Dovna Koma. Listen to this. Listen to this. You have a home, you have a home that the roof opened up. The roof opened up. So listen to this case. Right? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? You want to make your dining room into your sukkah. So what do you do? You put a retractable roof on top of your dining room. Put a chai roof on top of your dining room. You put the schach right there. Fantastic. Only one problem, which is, which is, you, have, you need walls. And the problem is now, ultimately, again, the walls of your home are not right underneath the schach. So I will say, imagine this image just a moment. I have over my dining room table, I have the schach, but then I have my ceilings, and then I have my walls. So what's the halacha? So bayishin niftach v'sichich ha'gabav im yesh min so, puzzle, psula. If halacha lemaisa, there's more than dalit amas between the wall and the schach, then the sukkah's puzzle. Hapachos mikan kshera. But if there's less than dalit amas, ultimately again the sukkah will be kosher. So, I'll say, this is the, how could that be? There's a ceiling in between my schach and the wall. It's not a ceiling, I'll say. What is it? What is it? It's a bent wall. It's a bent wall. I, why does it work? Because the Rebono Shal Olam said it works. Right? You will say, sometimes you just have to be a good soldier. The Rebono Shalom said, that's Allah Moshe Misina. It works. It works. There's incredible Hashkafas and Dolphin Akuma as well, but I will have to save that for a different time. In any event, the Gemara says, the Gemara says, so therefore I will say, this is Allah bent wall. So the Gemara says, why are you teaching me this case of the Itztaba? If you're coming to teach you the Allah of Dolphin Akuma, we are learning the Allah of Dolphin Akuma. So watch this. What would you have said? Hasam Dolphin. I would have thought that maybe Dolphin Akuma only applies with what? With a wall that is less than 20 amos tall. Because that's already a wall. But maybe a wall, because remember again, the backdrop to this case is why am, I bu- why am I building the platform? Why am I building the Itztaba? Why am I building the Itztaba? To diminish. So I would have thought maybe the Halach of Dolphin Akuma only applies to a wall that's less than 20 amos. But a wall that's more than 20 amas, maybe Dolphin Akuma doesn't apply to it. To which the Gemara says, Kamash no. Kamash will say that no, that Dolphin Akuma applies even to a wall that by itself would not be kasha for sukkah. So again, case number one of the Itztaba is I build it, so to speak, in the middle where it touches all three walls. That's, that's an easy case. The entire sukkah becomes kasha. Case number two is I built the Itztaba only adjacent to two walls. I need to attach them to the third wall. No problem. As long as it's within Daladamas of wall number three, you could say Dolphin Akuma. More than Daladamas, it's not going to work. But let's say next case. Next case. Next case. You know, someone once called me to Shiloh, by the way, about he was, uh, he was going ahead and making plans for his dining room to make a retractable roof because he wanted to go ahead and, and make a sukkah in his dining room. He was too tired of putting up a sukkah on this. So the first thing I told him is, you're lazy. <laughs> That's number one. You're lazy. Right? And, and I said, number two, if you have that much money to be able to do that, I think maybe you have to think about better causes to support than dining room sukkahs. He stopped calling me, but, uh, but again, that's, uh, that's a different... I think you built it. I'm pretty sure you built it. So the Gemara says, follows. So the Gemara says like this. Next case. Next case. So listen to this case. Same case. That's right. Sukkah that's 12 and 20 amas. And what happens now? We'll say case number three is you're building the itzdabah 
in the middle of the sukkah. In the middle of the sukkah. So remember, case number one was against all three walls. Case number two was against two walls. Case number three is mamish the middle of the sukkah. So what's that locha? Im yesh mismas itzdoladofen arba amos tachol ruach psula. Pavos mir arba amos kshera. So we'll say, so no problem. How does it work? As long as the itzdaba is what? Is what? Within dalad amos to every sink, to three walls. You could apply Dauphin Akumun and the end, the Itztaba makes the Sukkah kosher. If it's more than Dalad Amis, then the Sukkah is possible. So Gemara says, okay, my Kamash Malon, Darmin on Dauphin Akuma Hanuhach. So I don't understand, why do you need this case? You're coming to teach, you're coming to, you're coming to teach me about a case of Dauphin Akuma, about the Allah Kumush. We already learned it. It's already, okay. we'll say, watch this. Mao de Tema, Dauphin Akum Miruach, Achas Arminon. Ava Miruach, Ava Koruach, Viruach, Lo. I might have thought, Rabbi Osai, that maybe the Halach of Dauphin Akuma, only applies from one direction. In other words, you could use Dolphin Akuma for one wall, but you can't use Dolphin Akuma for three walls. That's, about, that's a bit too much. Kamash Malon. I'll say, interesting enough, Kamash Malon, you could use Dolphin Akuma for all three walls. I'll say, it makes sense because remember again, the way the Gemara actually illustrates the laws of Dolphin Akuma is Bayis Shaniftach. It's your dining room ceiling that you want to open up where you have no connection to any walls. So again, but that's not the Havimina was Dolphin Akuma only works from one direction. Kamash Malon, even if you want to make use all three walls through Dolphin Akuma, it works. Incredible. Haisa Pechusam Yod, Rabbi say now we're switching gears. So we're going now to a sukkah of minimum dimensions. I have a sukkah less than 10 tfachim. Rabbi say what is the halacha concerning a sukkah that has less than 10 tfachim of height? Puzzle. It's not good. Not good. So what's the halacha? So Rabbi say what are you doing? This is interesting. So what are you doing? You're digging out. So you're excavating. You're excavating. I'm gonna dig. I'm gonna dig out the floor by pushing. Right beforehand, we beforehand we were elevating the floor level. Here we are. It's the opposite of elevating. Okay, digging. Good, right? I'm digging. Right? I'm digging. I'm digging out the floor. Right? Making a newer floor level. Right? A lower floor level. So what's talach? I must listen to this. So imyesh misvas chakak ulakosal gimel tvachim psula. If and I must say now in this case. I'm not excavating the entire floor. What am I excavating? What am I excavating? What am I excavating? My minimum shear. What's my minimum shear? Zayin by Zayin. Roshu v'shachano. So we'll say, so again, I'm only excavating an area of Zayin al Zayin. So what's talacha? Im yesh misvas chakak ulakosa gimot tfachim psula. If there is more than three tfachim between the excavation and the wall, the sukkah is possible. I'm a base. Pachos mishalosh tfachim kshera. But if there's less than three tfachim, then ultimately it's kasha. I'll say, now what's three tfachim? What's three, what halacha is that? Lavud. Another halacha on Moshe Misinai. Namely, that again, anything within three tfachim of something else is considered to be attached to that item. So it's very interesting. So now if I excavate, if I go ahead and I excavate, as long as the excavation is within three tfachim, then ultimately, again, the sukkah is kasha. More than three tfachim, it's not kasha. So what's going on over here? The says, I don't stand. Maishna hasam. The Amrit Pachos me Arba Amos, Umashna Hacha, the Amrit Pachos me Shoshat Fakim. Now, we'll say the Gemara says, I don't understand. Let's go back for just a moment. In the case of the Itztaba, right? In the case of the Itztaba, we'll say, so remember again, case number one was Sukkah the Mala me Mama. The Sukkah is too high, too tall. So, what do I do? I build in a platform, but again, in case number two, I only have a platform against two walls. I need a third wall. What's the Halacha? I need the platform to what? To what? to be within four amos of wall number three. Now, I will say four, that gives you a lot of space to work with, right? Four amos is not an, is not an if, right? An amos, an amos is about a foot and a half. So dalal amos is six feet. Six feet, it gives you a pretty good amount of space to work with. Yet now over here, when I have a sukkah that's pachos miyud, sukkah's too, sukkah's too, too short, I'm excavating, I'm excavating. It only works, I'm excavating in the middle, in order for the excavation to be good, it has to be within three tfachim, which was is a much smaller shear. So I don't understand why. Shouldn't I apply the same halach of what? Dalramas. To which the Gemara says, will say, watch this. The Gemara says, Hasam pachos arba amos Hacha de l'shavi ledofen pachos mishlosha tfachim in ilola. But here's the fundamental distinction. When you have a sukkah that's the malame esrimama, do you have a wall? Do you have a wall? Yes. You have a wall. If you have a problem with your wall, that your wall is too tall for sukkah, 
But do you have a conceptual wall? And the answer is yes. Okay. Once you have a conceptual wall, as long as you are within some distance of it, even Dalaramis, we could attach that wall to the platform. In a structure that is pachos miyud, that means you have a wall that is less than 10 tfachim. Do you have a wall? No. No. So because you don't have a wall, the only way to make that wall into a wall is if mamish you attach it to the excavation. Well, in order for the wall to be attached to the excavation, love it. You need it to be less than three tefachas. We'll say herein lies the fundamental distinction. If the wall is already a wall, but it's just a dinin going ahead and connecting it to the itztaba, that's dofen akuma. That's dofen azalach l'moshim sinai. But if the wall you need to attach to the excavation is not halachically a wall, it's not a wall. So we'll say, to say it a little bit differently, the halacha of dofen akuma applies to what? A dofen. You have to be a wall. You have to be a wall if you want to be subject to the halacha l'moshim sinai dofen akuma. And the minimum definition of a wall is something that has ten tefachim or more. If you're not a wall, you can't get dofen akuma. So the first thing you need to become is you have to become a wall. You have to become a wall. So once you become, so, and the way to become a wall is how? Through lavud. If you could become lavud to the excavation, then Allah say you're made into a wall. Hence the distinction between the case of the itztaba and the case ultimately of the excavation. Incredible. So it turns out, again, it's a very simple distinction. Only applies to a wall. The minimum definition of a wall is 10 tfachim or more. And the case that we're dealing with over here is the wall is less than 10 tfachim. It's not a wall. Therefore, no dofen akuma. The only way to make it into a wall is if it's lover to the excavation. Because if it's lover to the excavation, then it's considered to be attached to the excavation. If it's attached to the excavation, then what? Then you have the minimum height of the wall. Incredible. It's another interesting case. Let's say the wall... Was back, we're back. We're back to the more than twenty hours. We're, we're flip flopping between the cases. So, let's say the wall was taller than twenty amos. Listen to this. You have a sukkah that's more than twenty amos tall, and inside of that sukkah you build a pillar, an amud. Let's say that amud, that pillar, has the minimum dimensions of sukkah, which means that pillar is how big? How big? Seven tefachim by seven tefachim. Okay, so we'll say, what's that locha? Ve'esh v'ash ha'soka, savar abayi l'meimar, good asik mechitzta. Oh, back to our Erevin days, we'll say. So Abayi says, what can you do? You can go ahead and sit on top of that pillar and make the top of that pillar your sukkah. Ah, what about walls? What about walls? Abayi said, good asik mechitzta. We'll say, what's good asik? Good asik means when you take bottom walls and extend them upward. So we could view the sides of the pillar as extending upward to the schach, and therefore again the pillar, the bottom of the pillar, right there, the top of the pillar, I should say, becomes the becomes the ground level of your sukkah. We view the mechitzos as if they're extending upwards, and the schach above you is kasher for your sukkah. Amli Rava, no, 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 that does not work. But inon mechitzos hanikaros veleka. I will say, you know, maybe that works for Erevin in certain respects, but for sukkah, you need what's called mechitzos hanikaros, recognizable walls. Sukkah will not work with walls that don't physically exist. Again, we'll qualify that statement as we go on a little bit. But Lamaisi, you need what's called mechitzos hanikaros, not good asik mechitzos. Shabbos, say now, once we started the discussion, look where we go with this. Tan Rabbanon, na'az arba kundisin v'sichei ha'agavan. Well, say, say the following situation. You put four poles in the ground, just four poles, no walls, just four poles, and you put schach on top of the poles. So what's Talacha? Rabbi Yaakov Machshir. Rabbi Yaakov says ultimately again, such a sukkah is kasher. And the Chachamim say that such a sukkah is puzzle. Okay, so we'll say now let's define the parameters of this. Because what do you mean? How could Rabbi Yaakov say that a sukkah like that is kasher when there are no walls? There are no walls. So how could he say, so now watch this. Am Rafuna. Rafuna wants to suggest as follows. Machlokes, the Machlokes, Rabbi Yaakov and the Chachamim is when? Asvas Agag. Oh, I will say, imagine the following situation. Imagine you have a home. And again, remember, we always operate with flat-roofed homes. So now you have a house. You put four poles on the four corners of your roof. On the four corners of your roof, and you put the schach on top of it. Rabbi Yaakov, Savar, Aminan, Good, Asik, Mechitzta. Oh, 
Rabbi Yaakov holds Rabbi say that when you put the four when you put the four poles in the four corners of your home, how do we view it? As if the sides of your home extend upwards, and those are the walls of your sukkah. But the Rabbanon hold that we do not say gudasik. So it's machlokis in gudasik. But if you put the four poles in the middle of your roof, everyone agrees. Everyone agrees that such a sukkah will be possible because if you put it in the middle of your roof, then what? Then what? There are no walls because you can't say gudasik. That's Rav Huna's interpretation of the Machlokis. Rav Huna Amar, Machlokis. Rav Huna says, no, the Machlokis is in the middle of the roof as well. So, do you mean that in the middle of the roof is Machlokis? But both Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbonon will agree that if you put the poles on the corners of the roof, the sukkah is kosher. Old Dilma, or maybe it's a machlokis, ultimately again, in both cases, to which the Gemara says, Teku. We're not sure. We're not sure what the parameters of the machlokis are. So, was another case. You place four poles in the earth, and then you put the schach on top of it. Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov says, the sukkah is kosher. And the Chachamim say that the sukkah is possible. I will say, now what's the case over here? The case here is you're, you're just planting four poles in the ground. Four poles in the earth is like what case, Rabbi say Is the equivalent of what? Four poles in the middle of the roof. And yet still, Rabbi Yaakov is arguing. And Rabbi Yaakov is suggesting that such a sukkah should be kosher. Bosez would effectively refute Rav Huna's interpretation of the Machlokes. Furthermore, again, are you going to say that it's only in the middle of the roof that they argue, but on the edge of the roof, everyone agrees that the Sukkah will be kasher. Ultimately, again, we could refute Rav Huna on both counts. That both parts of Rav Huna's, Rav Huna's statement ultimately, again, are refuted. No, no, no. The truth is, the Machlokis of Yaakov and the Rabbanon is actually both cases. Whether you put the four poles on the corners of the roof or whether you put it on the, on the middle of the roof. Right? Rabbi Yaakov will say that in all cases is kosher. The Rabbanon will say in all cases is possible. So why do we go ahead and bring up the Machlokes when you put the poles in the middle of the roof? To teach us the power of Yaakov's position, that Rabbi Yaakov holds that even if you place the poles in the middle of the roof, he still holds that such a sukkah could be kashan. Rabbi say, now the mechanics of a sukkah like that, right? How, how that actually works, how that actually works is actually subject to some level of machlokis. Again, we'll get to this sukkah. Because Rabbi say, is we're going to see what we do require for sukkah is mechitzos hanikaros, recognizable mechitzos, which means the ability to rely on things like good asik or good achis or pitikra yored same are going to be problematic, but we'll see that a little bit more inside. Says the Gemara, turn Rabbanon. Na'at arba'al kundisin ba'aret. We'll say one more case. You take four poles, right? You take four poles and you put them in the earth. V'sichich al gabon. And you put schach on top of them. Rabbi Yaakov Omer, we'll say now watch this. Another qualification to this halacha. Rabbi Yaakov Omer, ro'in kol she'ilu yechakaku v'yachloku v'yeish bo'en tefach l'kan v'tefach l'kan Nidonin mishum diyumad. And I'm saying that this is very interesting. So remember again, we saw this say once before. Remember again in Erevin when we spoke about drawing water. Right? So remember again, what's the problem with drawing water? Imagine you have a well that is situated in Rosh Hashanah. What's the problem with drawing water on Shabbos? What's the problem? A well often has the dimensions of what? A Rosh Hashanah. So the problem is, right, because the well could be dollar by dollar with 10 tefachim of height. So ultimately, again, you can have a problem of drawing water from one rishos to another rishos. So the way to do that, so how do you remedy that? You enclose the area. I, but what happens if I can't enclose the area? There was a special dispensation, if you remember again, of pasibiraos. Pasibiraos were these diumadin, 
right? These L-shaped planks that you positioned at four corners and essentially allowed you to view the entire area as being closed. Now, we'll talk about that in just a moment. So Rabbi Yaakov is borrowing that a little bit over here. Rabbi Yaakov says like this, if you have four poles at four corners, right? You have schach on top. If, if, imagine that we're assuming you're dealing with, with round poles. If you can imagine if there's enough polage, I just made up that word, but I'm going to use it, right? If there's enough polage that you could go ahead and carve out an L-shaped pole that has a tefach in each direction, right? A tefach in each direction. This would work. This would create effective partitions for Sukkot. And what I want to point out over here is this is different than Pasi For the well, remember again, Abbas, what did you need? You actually needed an Amma in each direction, right? You needed an L-shaped partition with an Amma in each direction. By Sukkot, Rabbi Yaakov is saying all you need is a Tefach. Is a Tefach. Ve'im lav. But at the end of the day, if it's less than a tefach, if it's less than a tefach, then it won't work to serve as mechitzos. Shahay Rabbi Yaakov Omer, do you made sukkah tefach? So I will say an interesting sheet of Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov holds that the same way that you can enclose a well with pasi biros, these diumadin, diumadin, I will say diomumad, right? These, these two, these two are called, I don't know what to, called two prong or two directional planks. And you can enclose the well on four sides as long as a plank has one amma in each direction. Rabbi Yaakov says by sukkah you could do the same thing, but you don't need an amma in each direction. Instead, what, what do you need? A tefach in each direction. If it has a tefach in each direction, that works as a mechitza for sukkah. Less than a tefach, it won't work. The Chachamim argue, you're wrong. In order for a sukkah to work, a sukkah must have a minimum of three walls. Now we will discuss, I will say, that the way we define three walls is how? Two complete walls and the third wall could be Avshishis Afidu Tefach. The third wall doesn't have to be a complete wall. The third wall could even be just a Tefach. But you need two complete walls and the third wall that has at least a Tefach. That is the minimum Hechsher Sukkah. And Abbasi, we know that Halacha that is how we paskin. So we reject Rabbi Yaakov. In other words, we do not, that's why again, if you put four poles, if you put four poles on the edge of your rooftop, you can't rely on good asik or good asik or good asik or any of those. You need actual mechitzos. Now again, Rebbe say we will discuss, you can build the sukkah out of lavud. This was a big thing, you know, this came up. Also, I just pointed out this, this became a big issue during Corona where people wanted sukkahs with more airflow, right? So you te- could technically build a sukkah made out of lavud if you were to take straps, right? And put that within three tefachim of each other. You could build a halachic wall. But again, if you think about it, that's also mechitzah nikar. There's a recognizable wall that's there. They say, okay, it has spaces. But halachically, those spaces are viewed as if they, we'll, we'll discuss the lavud sukkah, but those spaces are viewed as if they don't exist, Right? But therefore, again, we also reject Rabbi Yaakov's idea of four poles, each with a, each with a, a tefach of space. We pass like the Chachamim, that in order for a circuit to be kashed, there must be a minimum of three walls, two complete walls, and a minimum of a tefach for the third wall. And we'll, we'll stop over here for today. Shkoyach. Also, also just a reminder that the Siyum is tonight, Emir Sashem, at 7 o'clock p.m. So he told me it is not too late to go ahead and join the Siyum. The smell that we had, that you smell, that is the brisket smoking, right? No, that doesn't sound right. The brisket's not smoking, but the, the brisket being smoked, I guess that's the, uh, the, the better way. Let's say, Emir Sashem, see everyone. Mincha, 6.50. Sure. Are there...